What makes Brussels so unique? And can it be considered the place where dreams are made? I'm Ismael Pacifico, and this is the Sweet Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome again. So today, after quite a few weeks of the podcast, and this will probably be an episode I won't be posting in a couple of months, most probably um, have quite a lot of things going on, which I need to sort out. And unfortunately, I can't allow uh, my podcast to be my main priority at this point. But I do want to speak about something quite close to my heart, which is, as you can see in the title, the city of Brussels and the opportunities you get here. And also, let's say the downfalls of the city and what the bit, what are the dynamics of this city and how the city works. I've been living here now for around 12 years. Um, I've managed to have quite a bit of understanding on what is the local Brussels, how I like to call it, and what is the international Brussels or the EU bubble in some sense. And not just the EU bubble, because international Brussels regroups quite a different um, aspects, let's say quite different sectors. So of course the European institutions, the international NGOs, the agencies, and then of course the big multinationals are also based in Brussels. Um, people coming to work in the private sector for different companies, even though sometimes they do both get quite mixed together. Um, I will still put them in the same, let's say category in some way, because there are international people coming to Brussels to work in whichever sector they decided to work in and that becomes one group of people and then the local Brussels. So I will speak a bit about both in some sense, but mostly the international Brussels because um, I have, re oh, I do realize that most people that listen to me aren't French speakers. And that, by that, I am guessing that most people that do listen to me in any case, if they are based in Brussels, um, they are most likely expats, quote unquote. And we can maybe differentiate a little bit why, let's say, the term expat has a positive connotation and the term immigrant has a negative connotation, or at least here, the way we see it. Why we ask the question, why are people coming to Brussels, people that immigrate to Brussels to work in international sectors are considered expats and then people that come here to Brussels to look for a better life are considered immigrants, right? And and the main difference, just to get that out of the way, I think I see is because the term expat, you don't assume that the person is actually going to stay in Brussels for the rest of their lives, right? Expats usually come for a few months or a couple of years and then they usually go back to their own countries. It's just come here to get the Brussels experience or the internship or the job they got uh, for a limited time, uh, a limited time contract, right? There's a big issue here in Brussels also that if most contracts are actually limited, you get a one year contract, six months contract, um, whichever if it's an internship, right, or anything of the sort, which is a bit, I think, the main difference between what is a normal migration, let's say, towards Brussels to look for a better life, as people should, and then expats, which, again, their main, their idea is not to stay in Brussels forever. They don't want to settle specifically, they just want to come here, do the job, get the experience of Brussels, and then go back to their own countries. And this is just a, a little let's say, point that I've heard quite a bit, and it's a legitimate point to make, of course, why are some people considered expats, and why are some people considered immigrants, right? And I think that's maybe the main reason I saw, is that expats are here for a, a limited amount of time, they don't plan to actually settle in Brussels, and then uh, immigrant, like I was when I moved here uh, with my family, or with my mother and my sister, um, we were immigrants, because we were not expats, we weren't expecting to move back anywhere else, so that's immigration. 
um, in comparison to expats, right? And I think that's one thing we should make quite clear because most people in the international sector in Brussels are expats, and that's why I wanted to make the main differentiation. The main differentiation here is that most people that come to Brussels to work do not plan to stay in Brussels, which changes completely the dynamic of the city and how people interact with each other, whether it's in a very social context, like in a bar or in a restaurant or in cultural gatherings or in conferences or in uh, after work drinks. And they're also quite, uh, I, I will speak about that quite a bit, a few places in Brussels where if you are from Brussels or you've ever visited Brussels, you probably know these places. And I wanna explain a bit the dynamics that goes around in, in that place there, right? Um, so anyway, to actually dive into this this topic and why I want to speak to it specifically is because I had this conversation with so many people. They don't understand how Brussels works in terms of friendships, in terms of relationships, in terms of how do you actually know how to build your life if you don't you're 30 years old and you have a six months contract, right? What what is your plan really? Because then to actually make it in Brussels, it's extremely difficult and. The fact being that most people in Brussels are interns or they're here for a limited amount of time and very few people actually get the privilege to get a stable job in Brussels and get a good salary and build a good life. And I think that is what makes the dynamic so complicated and so malicious in some sense because people literally run over each other to get that spot that out of 100, 200 people, 500 people, 1,000 people, there will only be one spot, one um contrat durant déterminé, which uh, I know the terms in French, because of course this is the, the contracts here are mainly in French, but um, an undetermined uh, time of contract, let's say. So that's ideally the place you want to be, is to get a contract when it has no end. You can keep working in that company or that institution or that agency or in that organization for however long you would like to live, right? or stay or whatever but that's the ideal which most people don't get that privilege nor that chance uh, in most organizations and institutions and companies here in brussels and i think that's where the brussels dynamics comes in brussels is a city of networking now brussels is the only city i've lived in i've lived in other countries but there were mainly small towns and i was quite young at, uh, at the same time so i'm not entirely sure if the example of Brussels can actually be moved to other big international cities, um, like maybe New York, for example, or Singapore, which uh, and Dubai, which I think are the four cities with most nationalities, so that also makes Brussels quite an interesting place to to look at and study a little bit um, and see all so many people from so many different countries in one single space. Which of course that now makes it easy to have good a good social cohesion and social fiber with so many different types of cultures and religions and people seeing things in some ways, work ethics. And that's why I think there's a big uh, focus on multicultural learning here in Brussels or how to work with different cultures. And I think that's a big thing that contractors are actually looking for in CVs. Can you work with people um, from from different cultures? Do you have an open mind, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's something to actually understand from here in Brussels. and. I think why I'm saying this because I'm not entirely sure if in other, in other cities happens the same thing. I don't think so. Why? Because other cities are mainly more like the local Brussels. And to explain what the local Brussels is, the local Brussels is essentially like any other city. It's the people that grew up in Brussels, lived in Brussels, most likely stay in Brussels, even if they leave it a couple of years abroad. There will be expats in those specific cities. So if a person is born in Brussels and they leave, let's say, to New York for two years to work, there will be an expat in New York, but there will be actually waiting or 
thinking to come back to Brussels, right? That's what makes him an expat. And uh, I don't see a lot of people from actually being from Brussels to actually immigrate towards, emigrate in this case, sorry, um, towards other countries or other cities. So that's the local Brussels, which in my view is basically like any other city, right? You get your friends from that you met in primary school, secondary school, university, at your job, and you have your normal life, and like any other city, right? And the international Brussels is where things become a little bit trickier. And it's mainly when it comes to friendships or relations or networking or relationships, let's say, the people that you keep meeting. And Brussels is a place of circumstance. And what I mean by that is that people will go out with people because of the circumstance that they're in. And I've seen this a lot, a lot of group of friends, people that come here, they meet for a year, um, they become really good friends during that year, they have their own group of people, their own group of friends, and then every single person from that group will start moving out of Brussels. Why? Because again, how I said before, they are expats and they only had a limited contract of six months or a year, and they will start leaving. And then they don't keep, they don't stay in touch, they don't have contact with each other anymore. And this where the question arose a little bit, um, after something I tweeted the other day, which I'm going to read it actually word by word what I wrote, and then maybe that will give a little bit more food for thought, and I can start brainstorming on this tweet, let's say, or what I actually say in the tweet and why I say what I say in that tweet. Waiting here for my phone to actually charge. Um, but essentially what I was me what I was meaning to say is that most people actually stay together through circumstance. And what I said in the tweet was, friendships and relationships are made through circumstance, but they're sustained through affection. If circumstance is what is sustaining them, it's not love, it's convenience. And, and I wrote this thinking about Brussels because, again, everything in Brussels is convenience. I'm going to give a very simple example. And if you know Brussels again, I said I was going to give some few examples of the typical after work places where every single person, well, most people from the international community, quote unquote, actually go to. And this is a Place Luxembourg and Plax. Place Luxembourg, if you will, which is just in front of the European Parliament. There are lots of bars and it's a very nice place. Uh, has good terraces, let's say. It's a very nice place, except on Thursdays. <laughs> so uh, on Thursdays is where you have everyone from the international community, mainly trainees from Parliament, Council, European Commission, um, international NGOs, um, agencies, uh, big uh, corporations, multinationals, whatever, that go there. And the big, let's say, caricature that I give when you meet people in Place Luxembourg is when when you go and speak with someone let's say because of course they're honestly just stay there get your beer and nine times out of ten you will meet some people you've never met before right and it can become a great friendship with them or you might not ever see them again which is most most likely what happens most of the time but why are people so social in that specific place is that they know that's a place for networking they know that maybe they can meet someone that later on they can give them access to a better job in brussels this is what i'm saying that it's everything based on convenience in that specific place and not just Platz Luxembourg, there are very other places in brussels with or different bars let's say that works the same way and people will work just based on their own convenience and what they can take out from those social relations um so the the big caricature i always give about Platz Luxembourg is saying when you go and meet someone there and you ask them their name right just hello my name's ismail what's your name uh, they will give you their whole cv before they they give you their name they will say uh, well I, I work here i do that i was living here from here i speak x amount of languages uh i know how to use excel <laughs> not to not to that extent but but you get the idea a little bit um and then at the end of that two minute monologue 
stating the whole CV, they will give you their name. Why? Because people are looking consciously or unconsciously, I'm just saying what I actually see from Brussels. Um, this is not to blame anyone uh, or anything. I'm just saying specifically what I see and that's it. And then you can take your own conclusion out of that. Um, and then at the end, they will give you your name. And what people are looking to do with this actually is to sell their persona, is to sell their skills, is to sell themselves, let's say, for when the contract ends, they have enough contacts in Brussels to work in other places, right? And whether this is done consciously or unconsciously, I have no idea. I'm not in the minds of other people, so I don't know why they do it or how they do it. Um, I've been guilty of this in my same way. I mean, everyone has, right? Uh, but I think the important part is at some point to acknowledge it and to realize why are you having the kind of relationships you are having or the kind of friendships or why are you meeting people that you are meeting? Because at the end of the day, like I said before, um, some people will get hurt if the only relation with them is the circumstance upon which you both file under, right? This happened, it has happened to a few group of friends I've seen, or friends of friends, and then they, they've told me that has happened with their group. People leave or they meet a better group of friends uh, that can give them more opportunities and then they completely change. You won't see them again in months or years or it's just complete ghosting after spending six months, three months, a month, even a year with the people that you were seeing before. Why? Because you found something better. And this is the idea, what I was saying behind the tweet, is that if your group of friends, um, you're, they're only, you're only friends with them because of the circumstance of what they can bring to you, professionally speaking, or for your specific future, but not because of their persona or their identity or their personality, then that is just pure convenience. And you're essentially using people for your own good, let's say. Um, disregarding completely their own feelings or what that might what they might saw in that same friendship which again these are not um, isolated cases these are quite a few people that I've tried to speak to to understand a bit what was their idea behind Brussels um, I met people coming and going and staying and that's a bit like a common thought about dynamics of Brussels and in some way Again, why I'm not sure if it's the same in every single other city, because Brussels is quite unique. Again, we are speaking about the European capital, the capital of the European Union. Um, not just that, you have a lot of multinationals here that with lots of employees that generally look for people uh, from an international setting, of course. Uh, even people in Brussels are advocating to make English an official language of Brussels, which I'm completely against for, by the way, um, even being British myself. Because again, if you come to a country, the minimum you can do is expect to learn the language. And this is something that actually does get quite a bit on my nerves. People that have been here for ages and cannot speak French. And again, this is not to judge in some way the people that have come here um, and cannot speak French or um, haven't had the chance even to learn French, because most of the cases haven't had the chance to do it. And, and this is, I think this is more the problem, this more with what I have a problem than the actual fact that the people didn't learn French because they didn't have the chance to do so. It's because a group of friends speak English or Spanish or Italian or German or Portuguese or whatever, right? Um, and this just comes with the innate tribalism that human beings have. Is when, when you go to an unknown place, most likely what you will do is to gather around people with your same interests, with your same language, with your same experiences to the extent that someone can have the same experience as someone else or at least uh, in a big in generalizing what experience might mean in that sense and this is how you get ghettos essentially this is why uh, during the big immigration waves in the united states 
um, mid 20th century, beginning of 20th century, you had formed ghettos in the US of Irish, Italians, and so on. Because people, again, wanted to regroup with the people that they were most comfortable with. And that was being people from their own background, from their own country. And this happens exactly the same in Brussels, but on a smaller scale, of course. Uh, and you see the main group of friends, most group of friends, are a group of, of Spanish friends, of Italian friends, of Romanian friends, of uh, Croatian friends, of Portuguese friends, of... The French are a bit different, I guess. I haven't seen really yet a big group of French people, let's say, of friends, but I think that's maybe because m most people that come to Brussels are mainly from the Mediterranean countries, in most sense. So a lot of Spanish, a lot of Italians, uh, quite a few Greeks, a lot of Croatians, um, a lot of people from Eastern countries also. And even here growing up, I grew up with people um, so many different places. Poles, Moroccans, quite a lot of them, uh, second generation Moroccans mainly, a lot of Poles also. And the Poles were the same. Their parents had friends only with Poles, right? Uh, on Polish communities, Moroccan communities, same thing, Moroccan communities, Italians, same thing, Italian communities. There was a big Spanish community here in Brussels in, in the 80s and the 90s that was literally a whole neighborhood of Spanish people. And then what they did is that when they made <laughs> when they made enough bank, but they had enough money, they just left back to Spain to live the good life with the money they made here in Brussels, which again, fair enough. I mean, uh, that's what the EU actually allows you to do in some sense. So again, it's nothing bad. It's just the dynamics that happens with innate tribalism, especially when it comes, when you group with people with from your same culture, from your same country, with your same ideals, let's say, or experiences. Again, I do not believe to two people have ever had the same experience. It's impossible. Even twins never have the same experience. So you can never actually predict what, how a person will turn out to be. You cannot predict it. I think we're all individual, but to the right to the core, we are our own. Each person is their own person. So empathy, in a sense, when we speak about empathy, I don't think it's putting yourself in someone else's shoes. I think it's more like trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Why? Because you will never actually know what it is to be in someone else's shoes. Um, and this just me being a little bit nitpicky with definitions, because I don't think you can ever be fully empathetic and fully understand what other person is going through. So that's why we need to be very careful when judging. I don't think you can judge by thoughts more likely, you can judge by actions. Now, Every single action might be justified or might not be justified. You can have your opinion about that, but we should always be mindful what that person maybe went through and why he's taking the action that he's taken at that specific point in their lives for a plethora of reasons, really. Uh, you never really know, and that's the thing. Um, but in this case, I'm going to make a bit of a sociological statement by pure empiricism and seeing that people from the same countries that migrate to another unknown area, country, will stay together and will stay within their own. And this coming again to the to the example when it comes to Brussels is a place of circumstance, is that what I see quite sad is that most group of friends that are created here is like an Erasmus for young workers, literally. That's, it's, it's, it's an Erasmus, is an exchange for young workers where you're going to meet hundreds of other young workers just like you coming from a place that you never maybe left before you never left your small town in Spain for instance or your city or whatever and you go to Brussels looking for a better life and um, that's why I'm, I'm calling it sorry about that um, that's why I'm calling it Brussels the European dream is it really a European dream or not and I'm not entirely sure depends what you mean by European dream 
Honestly, it depends what your dream actually is. If your dream is to have a transitory place with ephemeral relationships and friendships, then sure, come here for a couple of years. You're going to learn so many things. You're going to meet so many interesting people. This also may be a, an episode for people that may be thinking to move to Brussels, so you understand a bit in what kind of dynamic you're actually entering to. Now, one little point I would like to make. If you come to Brussels to work for a local Brussels company or in a small place or whatever, most likely you will be more attracted towards the local Brussels in some way, but I haven't really seen that happen quite that often. Now, the local Brussels, again, it's like any other city, so don't fear that local Brussels in some sense. It's like any other city if you move to uh, Madrid or Paris or Barcelona or Berlin or whatever, right? Again, I have, don't know these cities, so maybe we, we can draw some comparisons or some similar dynamics and atmospheres that are created in these cities themselves but right now i'm only speaking about brussels now if that works for other cities then so be it and even better so that's a bit the situation on brussels people must be must be quite mindful the kind of relationships they make here and i need to be very very careful because most of the time people unfortunately and again let's not be pessimistic i'm not saying it was done consciously or consciously even though sometimes you can tell people are actually looking on how to find a good job essentially doing anything for their own good and what they can take out of that relationship that they've made with you and that's why i gave the example of before when you're in press luxembourg and people ask you well and you ask them their name they will give you your their cv before they give you their name which is something which is quite interesting i don't think i've seen anywhere else in the world where i've been there and i ask someone their name and they give me their cv just their name. I mean, of course, if you ask, where do you work at? Um, that's a different story, which is also quite a big recurring question here also when you meet new people, because of course, you know, you're both on the same boat, most likely that other young person between 20 and 30 years old is also on doing an internship. And you want to learn more about that area. Uh, but most of the time it comes to the fact that you want to meet someone that can get you a good job through essentially placing you there, really. That's, uh, that's one of the few ways you can get a good, stable job opportunity in Brussels is by getting someone, knowing someone that can get you a spot in that space. Because again, it's so difficult out of hundreds of people, only a few will make it in the long term here in Brussels, unless you want to jump from internship to internship and earn 1000 euros every month for the rest of your life, which again, I don't think those are the life prospects. That's not the life prospect of most people uh, that I know. I don't think of anyone. I think at some point you want to start building something. You want to start climbing up um, your professional ladder, climbing your career, creating your career. And that's not the way to do it. Quite honestly, the way to do it is to find a good job, work that job, um, get a good undetermined contract and undetermined time frame contract again I have, still have no idea how you would call that in English but um, you, you got the point and build something from there and maybe get promoted and all of that um, and again I can speak about what my view is of multinationals which I don't like a lot the dynamics in there also because again you need to and this happens in multinationals how it happens in the European Parliament and how it happens a lot in big institutions is that at some point Brussels being a very political space, you're going to have to tread over people. You're going to have to crush them. It's kill or be killed. It's the law of the strongest. It's the law of the jungle, unfortunately, again. And that's why I do not like that sort of dynamic, because at the end of the day, you will have to set your values and your morals aside. It's become, it becomes politics, essentially. Politics is based on deceit, right? And I'm, and I'm saying politics in the sense of 
um, how we stand politics usually, which is uh, Congress people being elected and debating and making laws, right? That's a very simple definition, if you will. Um, I love politics and I hate politics. I love politics in the sense to speak more on a social and cultural level with people with no affiliation to any political party. And why I'm saying this is because at some point it's, it's impossible that every single person thinks the same way about every single thing. And if you're affiliated to a, a political party, you're going to have to set at some point your values aside. And if you have, if you don't have those same values, then I guess better for you, I guess <laughs> you have, I don't know, you don't feel bad about lying, for instance, uh, if you need to support a measure that you're against. Right. And that's the issue, again, with this political sphere is that at some point you're going to have to do things that you do not want to do, that you have to do that goes against what you thought or the way you wanted to become or the person you wanted to become. That's why you need to be very, very careful. I don't speak about my personal job specifically because I don't want my podcast where I do speak about some controversial things mainly or I give my view about specific things. I don't want that to um, affect my jobs. Right. Unfortunately, but it's the truth, uh, and that's a bit the only way I've I've realised to do this now. Um, I do long for the day, honestly, uh, that that I, that I can do this full time and podcast full time and really say what I think and have good conversations with lots of people. Um, I guess that's a bit my dream in some sense, and right, and and all of that, right? But I guess we all have our, our dreams, and life can change, and that's what happens a lot in Brussels. Is that life is so unstable in Brussels. It, it really is for every single person that I've met. They have no idea where they will be in four or five months. And throughout that time, people are going to get run over and people are going to get hurt or and other people are going to get it better, really. And that's how it happens. There's always a balance. If someone has it bad, unfortunately, at some point, most probably someone will have it better and vice versa. Um, I don't believe there's a, there's a sweet spot. Another title I thought about Brussels, uh, A Place Between Heaven and Hell is that again, it's heaven about all the opportunities you have. And if you know how to navigate through this complicated atmosphere, you can get quite good opportunities. Like I've met people that have done that and that have very successful careers, thanks to Brussels and thanks to what Brussels actually offered them. But at the same time, you need to be ready because it's going to be a bumpy ride. And this mainly comes from the social and cultural dynamics mixed with the professional dynamics of Brussels, which unfortunately here becomes like one and the same in lots of ways. You're gonna go out with people that you work with, you're gonna have drinks with them, you're gonna, um, yeah, essentially, like it's very complicated if the people you see are people you're gonna work with or people you work with or people you are going to work with. That makes it the, the idea completely different because of course, if your friendship falls apart, how is that gonna affect your work? and your career and vice versa. If your work is not good, how is that gonna affect your friendship? And I've, I've gone through that personally myself. My work wasn't good at some point and I was seeing that that was affecting my friendships with some people. And I made the right decision at the time, I think, and I managed to, I made the choice. Did I want to preserve my work or did I want to preserve my friendship? And I'm not saying what I chose, but that, that that's essentially the decision I had to make. And I think people need to make decisions at some point. Um, you can't keep running over people, whether in your professional life or your personal life. At some point, you're gonna to have to make a choice and you're gonna to have to think what's more important for you. And you need to be mindful how the how this very complicated chess game of Brussels actually works. And this is a bit my love-hate relationship with the, with the city. It's a lovely city. You have lovely places to go to. Um, lots of people, very, very interesting people with different stories from different backgrounds uh, that will tell you 
what they've lived through, where they've lived, where, where they work at. Um, again, it's so interesting. Uh, most of it is positive, of course, on Brussels, but the social and cultural dynamics here and the professional dynamics, let's say, uh, the labor dynamics are very, very complicated. And I think that is a unique aspect of Brussels. And if you want to move to Brussels or you are living in Brussels, that is something you must understand is the dynamics of those specific sectors in life, those aspects of life, if you want to have to make a choice about your own future. Because I do think people need to start thinking about what they want in the future, especially if you're between 20 and 30 years old, or even now it's getting even older, people 35, uh, even 40 don't know yet what the future lies, what, what it lies or where they will be or what they will do. Um, and I think that's a big issue also today, uh, people not being decisive. And that goes for me too, of course. I mean, that goes for absolutely everyone. Most things that I say here are mainly uh, auto-critiques, let's say critiques towards myself and critiques of what things I have done, things that I'm doing, and things that maybe I will do. Maybe having the wrong perspective on specific things where, again, we're all human and we're all bound, let's say, to original sin. We're all sinful um, <laughs> somewhere or another. And the sooner... We realize that the better. We're not we're not all saints, we're not all demons, we're somewhere in between and what makes us better or worse people are the choices we make and how to make those choices and be wary when we make choices that don't just affect ourselves but affect other people and those are the worst ones. When you make specific choices, um, ways to be, ways to do because it brings you some a good feeling, let's say, it makes you feel good. You need to be wary how you do that, really, in some sense. And I think that's the that's the curse of Brussels in lots of ways. Uh, people get run over. Friends that I've seen that have had to leave because they got run over by other friends um, and didn't get the opportunity they rightfully deserved here in Brussels. Why? Because, again, it's kill or be killed. Eat or be eaten. And... That's my love-hate relationship with Brussels. Again, like I said, I won't be posting an episode for quite a bit now. I think um, I do have quite a lot of stuff going on. Of course, the Sweet Podcast will never die. It's something I'll probably end up doing for the rest of my life, I hope, uh, at, some, at some point. Um, but yeah, I'm going to leave it there for now. Again, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I'm Ismael Pan Civico, and this was the Sweet Podcast. See you next time.